Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable with me, Sean Phelan. Each week I chat with a panel of players, coaches and volunteers who make our great game happen. You can check out all the previous episodes in video and podcast form by checking out fybrugby.com. This week, the panel and I discuss the recent I Am Enough campaign and find out what more needs to be done to make the women's game more accessible to everyone. Let's get on with the show. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to this week's uh, Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. Uh, my name is Sean Phelan, uh, thank you for joining us, this is our 10th one. Um, uh, I hope you've enjoyed them so far, hope you're subscribing on YouTube and all the podcast places and what have you. Um, so yeah, welcome, I uh, hope you're having a good week uh, and this week we are going to talk about the the uh, I Am Enough campaign that started last week uh, off the back of some uh, some shirt controversy, which, uh, which we'll go into, uh, as well as we're, we're going to have a chat about um, the future of the women's game uh, and what needs to be done to sort of uh, get some parity and, and uh, all that sort of jazz. Uh, but I want to welcome our, our panel for tonight. Uh, so we have Eloise Brown from True Valley Rugby Club. Uh, Natalie Eccles uh, from Crusaders, who, who's uh, been on, uh, on one of these before. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we should have Victoria at some point joining us as well. Uh, welcome, ladies. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm just waiting to start training after this. So I'm excited to do this and train. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. How are you, Natalie? You well? Not too bad. Been keeping busy. Uh, back to work now, so it, it's quite nice to get back in a routine. Yeah, I bet. I bet. But, uh, everything's sort of getting back to some sort of normality. Uh, if you want to put any questions or comments into the into the chat uh, that you want talked about, then absolutely do. Uh, we'll try and get through as many as we can in sort of the next sort of forty-five minutes or so. Uh, but we might as well start at the beginning. Um, there was some re- some controversy last week about a certain uh, uh, kit manufacturer and, and a kit launch ha- that happened in Ireland. Um, Natalie, do you want to talk us through what the sort of the genesis is of, of the whole uh, I Am Enough campaign? Yeah, so Ireland released their um, prof- their um, national kit. They had the men very nice looking kit actually the men's team um actually posed for their kit shirts now it was picked up that the women had models as it turns out the shirt was actually photoshopped onto the models as well but the issue is that it wasn't using a rugby player it wasn't an athletic looking model it was no offense the model she's probably lovely and she does a lot of sport not a very athletic looking sort of model um, so it was, it was picked up and it, it's not 
I can understand if they had issues with the photo shoot, but it, it, it was in poor timing. It's almost, um, it's hard to explain. You're trying to encourage women into the sport. You want the women's game to grow, but you've used a model to show the women's shirt. So from that, uh, a woman called Florence, she went out and she, she uh, created a video on Instagram um, explaining, you know, that she is trying to encourage girls into the sport by having a model. You are not, you're not really projecting your team, your national team very well. And so the hashtag I am enough came up um, and it, it, I don't know about anywhere else, but through EC, through Eastern counties, it kind of exploded. My feed on Facebook was filled with I am enough, not only with rugby, actually, which was really nice. It was nice to see swimmers and runners and football players and American football and baseball appear. It was great. It was great to see it. Fantastic. Hi, Victoria. How are you? Thank Hi, you really sorry, guys. Some technical issues there. I do apologise for being late, um, but thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's all, all absolutely fine. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, uh, yeah, uh, we just sort of alluded to the, the sort of the gen. What was the beginning of of last week's sort of controversy uh, with Ireland and uh, what led to um, the I Am Enough campaign? Um, what sort of backlash, Eloise, did you see on social media towards Canterbury, I guess? Well, my social media just blew up every um, every rugby uh, Instagram page I follow was showing it, every Facebook one, our, all our group chats were blowing up. I actually went away um, for the bank holiday down to Devon with my partner, watched the rugby in several different pubs, watched all the games actually. And everyone I was speaking to were talking about it, saying how awful it was, how it was so distasteful. And they just, men, women, kids, no one was really impressed. I'm, I'm not sure why they ever did it. I'm really confused. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that meeting and see what the final decision <laughs> was for it. Yeah. Bad uh, taste, should we put it down to? Victoria, yeah. Um, yeah, where uh, where did you first see it? How did you get involved in? Did you start or did you help start the campaign? Um, the I'm enough hashtag. Yeah, that um, that came from an idea I had last Monday. So probably ten days out now. Um, I saw Florence Williams' original tweet, and. I'm, I'm 28, so I've been having this conversation about uh, equality and stigma and, and women playing rugby for a very, very long time. And I, for whatever reason, this one, I couldn't hold, I couldn't watch anymore. I couldn't wait to see what someone else did. Um, and I work, I spoke to a lot of my friends uh, up north. Uh, I used to play for West Park in Leeds. And then I came down to London and played for Richmond and I played for Harlequins. And I spoke to friends that played for all of those clubs and said, this for me really resonates and I don't, I can't really explain where, but the words I am enough um, resonated for me to say that I am enough exactly as I am to be the model of your jersey. I am perfect as I am to be that person. So the fact that you've chosen someone else to me doesn't make sense. I am enough. Pick me. I am enough uh, for any player. They should be the people modelling your kit. And that really was sort of where the idea came from. It was supposed to help women feel empowered 
to be exactly who they are. And because of that, they deserve to be the person in any sport, not just rugby, but in any sport, to be the one modeling any jersey, to be the one putting themselves forward to champion the future of the game. Um, we've seen a lot of conversation about real models or role models, and that's exactly what it embodies. Um, so, yeah, I guess in some way I kind of tried to help champion this this conversation. Um, there was a lot of talk uh, in the north of England. One of my friends at Leeds pushed uh, the kind of some of the kind of rhetoric I wrote around it, around clubs and sent it to a lot of clubs up in the kind of north of England. Um, uh, and yeah, I think after maybe Tuesday afternoon, I, it, it kind of had nothing to do with me anymore. It was in the hands of every player and every woman in any sport who had felt this feeling. Um, and like you just said, actually, it's not just rugby, it, it's every sport. This relates to every sport. And I've had a conversation this evening about that exactly. Um, it's not just rugby, women's rugby, but it's also rugby league, it's not just rugby union, it's football, it's swimming, it's hockey. Uh, it, it's everybody's affected by this. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I had a little bit of involvement, but the reality is this is this is everybody who stepped up and, and felt that this resonated for them that had the real impact, I think. Was it the final straw, Natalie? I think it, it it's not the final straw. I think it was enough that it it resonated with enough people that we were like, yeah, actually, this is no longer acceptable. It, it's we've been trying to yell. I think this has given it the platform to be able to to speak louder about it, to to make people more aware. If you go and look at the the hashtag of I am enough on um, Instagram, when I last looked at it on Thursday, and I think it was about two o'clock, there was eight hundred thirty nine thousand. And that was unbelievable. And it's all sports people who have stories about where, you know, the, the men composing their kit, but the women are sort of shocked that. Or, you know, they all get this, this money thrown at them. And I know women's sport don't generate as much, but it, it's almost this, sometimes it's shuffling it under the carpet. It, it's, it's hidden. It's not, you're not celebrated. To, to You're expected to be quite skinny anyway, but... That's another matter that falls into this. You know, that you're meant to look a certain way and therefore you're not worthy of wearing the kit and posing publicly for it. You know, for, for I've, what I find a, a real shame is it's their national team. They are the best rugby players in Ireland for the women and you're not proud of them enough to let them wear the shirt for a model. You've chosen the model instead. You know, it's disappointing. It really is. Yeah, I... Yeah, um, really is. No, go on, Victoria. Sorry, yeah, no, look, I uh, I spoke to Canterbury actually last week because this is obviously something that really will impact their brand in some way. And I, I think I warned them more than anything. It was a, uh, look, um, I think we've started something here. There was a lot of traction by sort of Tuesday... Wednesday afternoon that people were understanding that we could see how much this was resonating with players in all over the country all over the world you know, this was everywhere all over Europe um, the American national team were involved Hong Kong Australia everybody was involved this wasn't just the UK we saw that but actually it, it was everywhere um, and I said to Canterbury in the grand scheme of things you're about to get caught in a crossfire here 
because you're not 100% at fault. There's a lot of other companies that do exactly the same thing, that make bad choices. And the point of this is that we want to help you make better choices. We're not here to attack you. You're not the villain in this, but a mistake was made and you're going to get caught here. So I, um, I spoke to the brand and uh, and it, it was a heads up that this is about to happen. You need to know that tomorrow uh, all hell's going to break loose on social media. Um, but actually the point is that we're opening a conversation with you to make this better in the future. What can we do to help you make better choices? Um, and that really is where their statement came from. We discussed what were the kind of the, the wording that they would use, the fact that they've taken the hashtag and they've used it themselves. The point is that brands are supposed to understand that this has to be a conscious decision until it's an unconscious decision. And until then, they have to say, we will make a point of equally representing men and women until we just know to do it anyway. And yes, there's a point here that we shouldn't have to consciously make this choice, but until it is an unconscious choice, we have to help people do that. If we attack, we're not going to get anywhere, but if we work together with the brands, Canterbury and any others, many others that we're kind of building into and having conversations with at this point, um, it's the point of making everybody better. Uh, and unfortunately for Canterbury, they were the final, they were the catalyst uh, of this discussion. Um, they, for, for, for fact's sake, they weren't technically at fault. It wasn't them that used the model photos. It was um, e-commerce. It was something slightly different. But the point of the fact is they did the shoot with the men. They didn't do the shoot with the women. COVID could be to blame yes or no regardless of that the fact is they both should have happened at the same time um and the women should have been used just as equally so uh yeah it, it probably sucks to be canterbury and i'm glad i wasn't in their conversations i'm glad i wasn't in charge of the person who made that decision um but i really hope that the point of this is i work in marketing so i can only imagine the feeling that uh, the brand manager had when they got into work on, on wednesday and thursday um but the fact is that we're, we're the point is to help brands make better choices in the future um, and to know that equal representation isn't an option anymore. It shouldn't have been an option, but we're done. We're not going to sit around and wait for you to work that out. We're going to come to you. We're going to knock on the door. And we're going to tell you we're not going to leave until you you make that choice that it's not uh, an option anymore. Yeah, so I think for the for the the... the sort of the furthering of the story i have the i have their statement um and you know as you said canterbury aren't the they're not a villain in this they're you know they're, they're going to try and right some wrongs but this is this is what they put out uh, as a brand we believe in putting our hands up if we get something wrong to announce that our new island women's pro jersey was available for pre-order we superimposed the jersey's image onto a model to share this exciting exciting development with our dedicated female players and fans it was always and remains our intention to photograph the female players in the new jersey and we remain committing to supporting the talented women in our rugby community on and off the field while the image was primarily designed for our website which also featured male models it has understandably caused vision we accept that this was an error and apologize for any upset caused uh, they go on to say, at Canterbury, we believe that rugby is for everyone and we're united by our mutual love of the game. We look forward to sharing our new, a new Horizon campaign to support the launch of the Island's Women's Pro Jersey in October 
with the same commitment and dedication that we all have for our teams. So that's what that's what Canterbury put out pretty pretty quickly, I think. Um, should they have just held off the launch of the jersey entirely until they had the campaign ready, Eloise? They, I mean, they could have done. I mean, COVID slowed everything down. I think people would be more understanding if there was a rush on and why they haven't. Um, maybe they did rush it. Maybe that is the excuse they rushed into it, didn't have time, had pictures of the men. But, I mean, is that... I don't know. It could be excuse. could not be excuse. Where, have we got any idea of when the photo shoot is happening with the women? I mean, out of all of this, the most people I feel sorry for is, is for the Irish women. You know, Ireland, Scotland, Wales are still battling with the fact that the England ladies get paid, which is fantastic. And I believe they're all trying to follow suit and want to. But you're still looking at women who aren't getting paid for when they play internationally. They, and they're seeing their men do and they're doing so well, which will mean they're a team they're going to be excited about that. And they're going to be excited about England women getting paid. But then this is just another thing stacked against them. I just, I just feel sorry for them. And I mean, it's a good statement for Canterbury. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and believe it. I'm gonna be on my good grace. I'm gonna say they're being positive about it because why not? Need a bit of positivity. But rush campaign isn't a good campaign, and this is shown. So hopefully they learn from that. Definitely. Uh, I, I, they could they could have waited and it could have been photo shoot during the Six Nations in, in what less than a, a month's time. A month's time, yeah. Which would have been I think even more exciting. Yeah, there's an argument that if you could um, superimpose it onto a model, you've got to have an old picture yeah. of, a, of a player that you could superimpose it onto as well, right? Um, and uh, look, I, I, I'm a little bit with you, Eloise. I don't know 100%. It might be true. It might not be. You, you know, you could debate that all day, right? It's probably, it's not really the purpose of the conversation. But um, if you can do it on a model, you can do it on anyone else. And uh, on BT Sport the other day, on I think it was maybe Saturday or Sunday, uh, Ugo Monia said that he knows the model that was used. Um, and she doesn't really know what to say because she loves, she really supports rugby. Um, and she loves the fact that she can be a model for the for the jersey. And I think it's tough because it's not her fault either, right? She has a job. No, to do. it's not their fault. Today. It's COVID. COVID um, and I really hope that if she does hear any of this or any of anything else, that you know nobody's got anything against her whatsoever. She very welcome to have her say and everything. Um, but the fact of the matter is, if you can, anyone who's an editor can put it put a jersey on one person, they can put it on another. Um, and it was it was definitely an oversight and, and a mistake. It, like you say, it's potentially rushed. They knew they weren't going to get the women's shoot. Um, maybe it was made for commercial reasons. Every business has felt squeezed in COVID, so maybe they're just hoping to sell more jerseys as fast as possible. Um, and they probably didn't realise how powerful the women's community is. When you get us going, unfortunately, as, as every man knows, when you get us going, there's not really any stopping us. Um, and I think that's what we've seen the power of uh, social media for one point and the power of the women's community. When we know that we've been unjustly done by, uh, we're ready to stand up and, and fight for our cause together. And that's actually one of the things I really loved about this is um, aside from, obviously, there's, there's players at every level, but the premiership teams, every single one of them um, and I didn't speak to any of them. Every single team made a post about it at some point on Thursday. 
all of them, whether they're the, you know yeah. they're they're enemies on the pitch, uh, Harlequins and Sarries, for example, you know Wasps, the the London um, competition. It, it's they they all stood you, up and said that we won't. Did you see the Bristol Bears launch their new kit and it had yeah. men and women and men it and women in it. blew up and, and exactly the same on on Friday the Scotland team launched their kit and they did exactly the same men yeah. and women. Um, I think there was one model and it got picked up, but she was modelling the uh, supporters' jersey, not the playing jersey. The playing jersey was on a player. And that was the important thing. Um, yeah, so it's it's not actually that difficult. Like, you know, everybody, most people are making the right choices, but for the brands that aren't, we have to step up now because there's no time for them to not be making these the, these decisions properly. And if, if brands are listening, listen up. If you can see your shirt in different sized women from the pitch we know what size to buy and it's more encouraging to buy a shirt because I'm like oh I'm the same size as her she can get into that size shirt I'll buy it and that's that's another thing if you can't see it you can't be it um yeah. it might be we talk about role models of different generations but what about each other we all want to buy kit we all want to buy a playing kit I want to buy a fantasy kit but I want to see somebody like me in it too. I don't want to see a size four model in it because I'm not a size four and I'm never going to be one. Um, I'm, I'm not going to touch that size gap. top. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. size top's going to stay on the hanger for a long time because there's only going to be a small percentage of people can fit into it. So, Natalie, still needs we, to be a size available. When we, when we did, when we did um, uh, the first of these uh, women's roundtables six weeks ago, you mentioned about clubs needing to find a kit manufacturer who can do proper women's sizes? <laughs> well, this has been an interesting one because I put a post on Women's Rugby Network asking about it. Now, you've got to think as a club, you have more than just a women's team. You have a girls' team, you have a boys' team, you have senior adults. You can have tiny tries as well. So you need all of them manufactured. So... You'll get some great recommendations. There are people like Akuma who are fantastic at creating women's kit and is highly recommended. But then you get this, the comment underneath, but don't buy their shorts. It will sag at the back and you get the pouch at the front because they're not cut for a woman. You, you, We've got more junk in the trunk than a man. And it, it's so you, it, it's been a very interesting sort of looking process into it. Rugged and Scrum Bum are created for women by women. Unfortunately, with kit manufacturers, all they've been creating is men's kit because that's been the level it is. Coming back to kit, and you mentioned a comment about where England are paid. There was, um, sorry, I don't mean to bring you back, but there was an article with the Telegraph or Guardian quite a while ago about the, the difference between all the professional teams within the Six Nations. The things like the lack of sanitary bins in the changing rooms, something very basic. In fact, they're all wearing white shorts. You're not thinking through here. You know, they're, they're, some of the teams only get two tops for the whole entire Six Nations. You know, and some of that kit's ordered five years ago, so they're not actually getting the right size. It, I think there's a massive lack of investment and a, a lack of understanding how big the women's game is at the moment. We've just had leagues, um, sort of the provisional leagues released out for the women, and there's an uptake of 20% of clubs doing it in a Warriors series. There's 350 clubs. That's a 20% increase in one season. That's unbelievable. And if that carries on, women are women already are outnumbering men sometimes at some clubs. And I think 
kit manufacturers definitely have to catch on. Definitely do, because I'd love to have a manufacturer that would fit me for a kit and go beyond a size 14, 16 and fit my son for a kit. But it's the same person. So as a club, you can really buy into it. And no, don't buy the shorts or, you know, get the top in a slightly different size or the arms are a bit tight. So you don't want to buy them. You know, it's got to be someone who, who if kit manufacturers are listening, for the love of God, think of everyone. You know, we, we're not all skinny. We're not size four. As you said, I'd be lucky to get that around my leg. You know, it, it, it's look at the, every size model. Men who yeah. play, um, was it your front row when you play as a man? They're quite chunky and butch. Not all the women are, you know, skinny playing prop. I'm I'm quite a large size, you know. So I'd like a top that I can feel comfortable in. It, it, it's been an interesting sort of looking further into it. Rugby boots. Yeah. They're the other one. Why does no one manufacture yeah. a decent women's rugby boot with decent support? We don't I would it. love a pair of women's rugby boots. We'd get the whole market boots. overnight. Sorry? We'd get the whole market You overnight. could charge me 100 quid. Yeah. <laughs> because at the moment I pay £30 for my insoles I, I I can't do rugby boots that without my feet aching so I found insoles and I pay £30 for the insoles you know it, it's just a little bit frustrating we've been around yeah. for a while now playing rugby so <laughs> do you want to catch up? And, and actually <laughs> you I, know. when I spoke to Canterbury they said that uh, 25% of their um, of the game, of the rugby game, is women. Um, and I think that's a very hard thing to, to really quantify because if you look at sales, all their data is going to say the men's kit sells more than women's. And that's because you don't sell anything else. We have to buy the men's kit. So it will always say to you, more of your kit, men's kit sells. Women are buying it. You broaden your range, you'll see that that diversity probably changes quite quickly. Um, and uh, I can't honestly remember who Canterbury took over from uh, as the manufacturer previously, but they actually reduced the line of women's kit available um, when they took over. And for whatever reason, since they still haven't changed that. So there's actually less kit available to women to buy through Canterbury than there was before. Um, I don't know if it was Adidas, I can't really remember who it was, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Canterbury, although this less for the game than they have uh than they and, and natalie's right it, it's hard enough as it is to get kit that fits women if you join a grassroots team the odds are you're going to get a hand-me-down men's kit you're not going to get your own kit they're not going to invest in you until you're um a championship sort of one maybe championship two team where you're looking at top level kind of rugby for the women's they're just they're just not going to invest um but i think you can never be, we can never be as good as the men if you're not willing to invest. You invested in them when they were terrible. Well, it's time to invest in us. We're not terrible, we're actually very good. Who won the World Cup last? If you really want to start looking at it in terms of trophies, who's been better? And this is across all sports football, cricket, rugby. Women have won a World Cup more recently than the men. Um, so if that doesn't tell you to start investing in our game, then I don't really know what is. Well, at, at the grassroots level as well, women's game is growing by 28% each time, and that's overtaking the men's. So yeah. at grassroots levels, we're bigger, we're getting more people involved, we've got more training. I just don't understand. I don't know why no one else is keeping up. You go on, you go to buy kit, like you said, you go to buy rugby boots. 
you go on the website, down scroll to ladies section, you get five items free. You put in your filters, I've got size eight feet, you get chucked to men's. It's just no one needs to change really. Maybe this is the start of it. Maybe I am enough. It's been so big, which it has been. People might start taking note and smart companies will. And they're the ones yeah. who will make the money and help us. I, I, going back to data sales, they're not being funny. Canterbury don't make big enough clothes for the women. You're going up to a size 14 there. I'm not a size 14, honey. You know, you want to sell to the women. Look at increasing your size range. You know, the average size of the UK fourteen. You're already losing the market. Buy a man's rugby shirt because it's more comfy. I'm sorry, a women's one, slightly too short. And if I raise my arms, everyone's going to see the belly. You know, it, it's, it's it's not start always thinking as well. for women. Start catering and talking to women. Sorry, talk to your mum yeah, and just you know get a realistic view. Sorry, <laughs> get a realistic view <laughs> of what you're trying to provide. You know, because <laughs> your mum's going to tell you if you're being an idiot, to be honest, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it's not always going bigger either. It's things like long. Some some are going to need to be longer and yeah. some are going to need more room in the chest area than others. It's not always just making them wider. Sometimes it's making the arms longer, making the length longer, allowing more room in the chest. It's not just making them wider and putting more fabric on them. It's proper tailoring them to women. And if anyone wants to come and tailor on my rugby team at Chivale, all these women will love Kit. We'll try it all out for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what needs to happen in sort of the short, medium and long term? Um, uh, and what I mean by that is what, what, can happen, what can happen today and tomorrow? What can happen in the next year, and then what? What, what can happen you know, beyond that? To to make you know, to to level things out. Um, maybe a bit more for international teams that are incredible and amazing. Just get them on telly. I mean, a BT advert the other day. It was showing all the sports. You got a two-second clip at the end of one woman kicking a football. The rest was loads and loads of really cool videos of men. Loved it, but. You know, where's, where's that? Force it down your throat almost. Just pop it up everywhere. Show the women everywhere. And then people get used to the site and just increase from that. That's your start. We can make adverts quite quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, um, I think you're right. I think recognising uh, statement, we, um, we have to get brands to pledge to equally represent women in, in advertising, be it on television, be it on social media, be it everything they do. Um, they must equally think about both genders and all genders. It's not just men and women. This goes beyond that. This goes to transgender, non-binary. This is everything. If you're going to make this pledge, it's yeah. time for brands to write down and agree to forever understanding that men's sport isn't the only thing in existence uh, if we're going to be if we're going to be really difficult about it um and in the short term i think we can't drop this as women yes we're making a lot of noise about it but we need to get the men on board too um there is going to be no impact on Lionel messi's income uh if women make more money there just isn't. It's not going to impact him. So what? What? How is difficult is it for him to agree to back this kind of cause? It's actually not. 
We need to get men in powerful positions, in positions of influence to support our cause. In the short term, we need to get brands to agree to do this for for eternity in the medium term. Um, and in the long term, this isn't a discussion anymore, I think is probably what yeah, how I would sort of lay it down. Yeah, when when you say, yeah, definitely long term is that we don't sit down and have this conversation. We don't need to. Yeah. It's not just something different, something more interesting, hopefully. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. 100% agree. Um, I think, uh, and as you mentioned, Louise, about BT Sport, they've got the, the rights and, and as well as the BBC to, to the women's uh, the Super League, the, the Football Super League, which starts this weekend. So uh, people need to, that needs to be on mainstream BBC One, BBC Two TV. I know BT yeah. Sport putting on a, a game on Facebook, but those games need to be on all the time. Someone needs to get hold of the, the broadcasting rights to the Premier 15s and stick it on you know, ITV, especially in the lead up the year before World Cup. These games have got to be seen and these players have got to become you know, household names and the only way to do that is by putting it on television and things that people can see all, all the time you know Emily Scott the rugby player, rugby player on the planet but would, would a person going into next year's Rugby World Cup like the average no, I say average rugby fan but would they know who she was and, and unfortunately probably not uh, and they should yeah so, they should you know, definitely I, I find as well, um, men from rugby club, men from work, uh, men's my family and my life, they actually really enjoy the women's game. Oh, you know, I think, when I've got I, it I on, they love it. <laughs> yeah. There's never my any complaints. So I love the fact that I'm better at rugby than him. He knows that if, if he crosses <laughs> me, it's, it's over. <laughs> but, but, but actually, and, and all the boys that he plays rugby with love the fact that I play rugby. I, I go yeah. to the pub with him and I watch the game. It, it's not... And, and there was a time when that wasn't okay. It was seen as odd and weird and, oh, can there be one girl with a group of lads watching the sport? And, and actually now, I get the first text message. They ask me to come to the pub before they ask him because <laughs> I pay attention. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's, that's what you need. My, my partner as well, he enjoys the women's football more because he says they don't spend half the time on the floor and he loves it. Let's get up yeah, there. I agree. I'll give my time for that statement, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, all, you, all you have to see is what happened to the Women's Football World Cup, what, a year ago, two years ago? And yeah. It was on free-to-air television on the BBC, every game, and all you've got to do is sit down and watch it, and you, you'll be hooked. But if there's no opportunity to watch it, like we were just saying, that someone needs to get hold of that Premier 15s contract and, you know, put it on ITV, especially if they've got the build-up you know, for next year's World Cup and you know, the Six Nations games being put on a, on Sky sort of behind you know, a, a fairly f hefty paywall, no one's going to see it. If you can't be on, if you can't be seen, you can't gain the sponsorship as a player, as an individual, you can't then earn more money for doing what you do. Um, and that's one of the biggest problems in the women's game is we're still subsidising our our playing time with full-time jobs, part-time jobs, um, side hustles, whatever you want to call them. 
But the more time, you, more airtime you get, the more representation you get, the more money you can earn, the better you can be at your sport. But until you're able to focus 100% on your time, being in the gym, getting better at the game, you're not going to get any better. So complaining about the fact that the women's game isn't the same as the men's game it, it, it's a non-argument until you're willing to put us on the television, put us in places where we can be seen, help us raise more investment, get sponsored, earn more money and get better at the game. We're stuck in this cycle of you're not good enough to be on TV. And it, it's a non-argument in, in, my, in my eyes. Take, take half of what's put into the men's game, put it in the, into the women's game for just for two seasons and see what happens. The equal... Um, investment will show an equal return uh, and the argument that we don't bring in more revenue or the same revenue uh, doesn't count when you started your zero revenue point 50 years ago um, yeah. look at football women were banned from playing football in the 1930s when they were better at the game than men because it became more popular yeah, and then the men's game became more popular because that was the yeah. only one that was available. We'll ban the men's yeah. game now. Let the women play for fifty years. And let's see who's better then. It's, it, you know, it, it's a yeah. I say it's not an argument when you when you're not equally representing one against the other. You can't compare them against each other. Either. You don't get both sides of one argument. Um, so yeah, I just I just think if you give us the opportunity to be represented. Uh, to gain the sponsorship, to earn more money from doing it, we'll get better a lot faster. Uh, and your argument that we are not as good at the game, uh, which isn't true anyway, we play a very different game. Our bodies are built differently. We have to play a much more strategic game, ground ball. We have a shorter kicking game, so we play a different type of game. It doesn't make it not rugby. It doesn't mean the ball needs to be smaller. It doesn't mean the pitch needs to be smaller. It means we play a different type of strategy. Um, which is men v women in the argument of you know Mars and Venus anyway. We think differently, we act differently, we play a different game with the same size pitch, the same size ball. Um, so yeah, just put us on the telly, would you? <laughs> yeah, just repeat that again. Same size pitch, same size ball. Anyone listening? Yeah. It's, it's all the same. I promise you. Yeah. Okay. Do you know? <laughs> We, we may be the same, but we're not celebrated the same. You've got, when you ask someone who's England's most capped player, and it actually annoyed me when it came up on a, a virtual quiz. It's not Jason Leonard, sorry. It's Rochelle Clark, yeah. a female rugby player. You know, and, and it's something like 147, 137, 147 caps she has. Jason Leonard's got 112, 120 maybe. I can't remember off the top of my head. But he's outdone by a woman. Yeah. 113. He's outdone by a woman. 24 caps. And I've just Googled. 137 caps she has. You know, <laughs> you're outdone by a woman here, mate. <laughs> Come on, why are we not screaming this? The women achieve so much more. We have older careers. Yes, a, a lot of people are older playing for Saracens. Uh, Libby Lockwood, who started at 30. She plays the Saracens, and, and she started a career at 30. Fascinating woman she is. I, I was lucky enough to do a course with her. And it is, it, the women are starting it older, we're older bodies. We haven't been playing it as long. We're playing as good as the men. And I do, yeah, same pitch, same size ball. Just and better and someone who takes the, <laughs> that broad, broadcasting rights and says, you know what, I'm going to make the leap. It's, it's ITV. ITV. BC, Channel 4, someone who takes a leap and says, I'm going to broadcast all the women, 
and force that advertisement and that money into it, like you said, Victoria, in two years' time, are going to be laughing because they've made the right decision and their, their views are sky high and they're getting all the sponsors in and it'll be well, worth no, it. Sorry. Channel 4 for the Paralympics during 2012. Just look how much that exploded. Just takes one terrestrial, sorry, a, a free view channel to take it on, to give it their all, and they will get it back tenfold. It's the same, the same with the Premier. The Premier 15s is still sponsorless at the moment. So all it, all, if I, have, uh, I have had a word with Canterbury about that. I did, uh, did slip that one in <laughs> in our conversation. So if you want to do really good by the game, I, think, I have a word think, and a good response. I think Umbro might have something to say about that. Hey, look, if someone was sponsoring, I think right now Canterbury have an argument to say we probably need to do this more than anyone. Uh, no, I, look, I don't know who'll do it, but I, it was, my, uh, it was well, one of my first points. All it will take is a blue, you know, someone at a blue chip company just to go. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna back this now. Yeah, because actually, um, is it, uh, right now it's probably at a bargain. Whereas in they could in five years time, it, or you know, in three be. years time. It, it, yeah, it, no, someone's gonna kick themselves in five years time. Well, look, look I, this this is gonna be a really controversial statement, and I um. I think there is uh, there's an argument that the sponsorship may become a box ticking exercise, but if we can get a good company, bring investment into the sport, piggyback that investment and turn it into more, then fuck it, let somebody box tick um, by investing in, in Premier 15s and let us get better for it. Let's show them that they think what's a box tick is actually what we're going to change the world with. Um, so for me, I know, I, and I know that's controversial because the point is women's sport is not a box ticking exercise, but if somebody is going to make the decision by having to tick that box, let them do it. I say take that investment and turn it into more than they ever realised we could be. Let's remind everyone, women's rugby is the fastest growing sport in the UK. We've overtaken netball now. Really? Really? Is that true? Mm. So, what's next? What, what's next for the I am uh, I am enough campaign? What is, what is next for? Uh, I know that the Premier Fifteen seems to go back and, and, and start training this week, uh, sort of with, with some contacts. But but what's what's next for for women's rugby? <laughs> Well, um, <laughs> it's what's next? I don't know. It's a good question. I, it's it is working. I mean, I'm I'm part of the recruitment Chew Valley, and I've had 16 girls um, sign on just this season. I don't know if that's from advertisement. I don't know if that's from COVID, and they want to get fit. But it's it's happening. It's happening quick. And what happens needs to happen next is everyone needs to click onto it quickly and realise it's getting quick. Don't rush it. Make sure you talk to women on your boards, talk to women around you and ask what they want. Like, you know, the RFU don't make rash decisions. Make Don't make a rush decision like Pantry might have just done with their ads because there can be a big backstorm. Just take it steady and, and ask our opinion. Ask everyone's opinion of what we want to help us develop next and carry on with the rugby, really. 
Sounds sounds like a plan, and I think that's probably a perfect way to to end uh, this evening's uh, chat. Um, thank you very much for watching. Uh, you can watch this on YouTube uh, in about an hour or so. This will be a podcast from uh, the morning, uh, so go and download it from everywhere. Um, keep using the hashtag I am enough. Uh, men, women, you know, keep let's let's you know let's let's all get it out there i, th- I think it's a, i think it was a great idea uh, yeah well done victoria it was a really good idea <laughs> thank you no it, it was everybody did it. it wasn't me the community did it yeah if it wasn't for everyone else this wouldn't be where it is now 100 percent. hundred percent uh so yeah thank you eloise victoria and natalie uh thank you everyone for watching uh we'll be back next week uh so tune in then Cheers, everybody. Thank Thank you. Bye. Thanks again to Eloise, Victoria and Natalie for joining me. Don't forget to join us on facebook.com slash fybrugby live every Thursday evening and get involved in the discussions. And for all the information on Philly Boots, please visit fybrugby.com. I've been Sean Phelan, and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable.